I'm a little bit fact, but mostly fiction. I'm your operator, here to facilitate these calls that call you. Now, as your ambassador of the exchange, your diplomat to discourse, it is my distinct pleasure to bid you welcome to the Toll Switch. Greetings, ladies and listeners. You're in at the switch. Let's talk about a world where the echoes of nightmares sculpt a dark and infinite landscape. Children run with disconcerting glee across plains fortified by the bones of the dreadful buried beneath. There is something in the air there. There is something that scares there. But the children, they are blissfully unaware there. The ashes of passage from the living to what lies in wait begin filling their lungs, their glee silenced by the ghastly. Soon they suffer, choking on all that makes our monsters. The mind can be an oh-so-wretched, oh-so-horrifying place. Tonight's call brings us Nikki Lettery, and well, Nikki is a guy whose mind has been far from fine lately. He's done bad things. He's seen bad things. And now, these bad things seem to be seeing Nikki. He finds himself haunted by past deeds which have defined him as the right hand of a wicked man. A Mr. Joe Valentine. Nikki. Once a promising middleweight's worth of grade-A Hell's Kitchen muscle, now a spent-up mass of guilt-riddled grizzle tasked regularly with Valentine's gruesome bidding. But at the crossroads of death and dinner, Nikki sees the light of repentance in that which has made him so scared of the dark. Only the ghouls and specters that lurk are nowhere near as frightening as the man who is about to receive them on the line. Connecting. One moment, please. Yeah. Oh, hey, Joe. Oh, hey, Nick. Oh, man, Joe. Oh, man. It's been a night. Damn it. Damn it. It's been a night, Joe. Calm down. What is this? This... This is calm. As calm as I can get. Cripes. I always thought this spook business was just silly kid stuff, you know? What, what spook business? Uh, what are you... Damn it. The night I had, boss. Breathe, Nicky. You got a bottle handy? Yeah, I got a bottle. And what's in it? Whiskey. Oh, whiskey will do. Take a squig. Go ahead. How are you? Okay? Are the trip? You do the work? Each ticket punched. Everything you asked to be done while you were away, I did. As I knew that you would, Nick. Man, I wish this stuff was just a little bit stronger, even just a little bit. Hey, 
You know what my family's trade was? And we're talking trades now, Nikki? This is why you called. Pardon me, boss. I, I'm just collecting myself here, and it, it's been a night. It helps me to talk. Okay. So, the trade. Butchering. Passed down generations to my pop. My father's living was an honest one. He, he put food on the table. Literally put food on the table. Steaks, chops, anything we wanted. Best of it all. We had it. And then at the end of the day, he slept. So he slept. You don't? I try like hell. But you don't. Very little these days, boss. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Maybe you see the doctor about a pill or something. You? You sleep. I sleep like a drunk baby, Nick. How? Same as your father, exhausted from serving my trade. He doubting me. You dealing... You dealing... Hey. Do you know what my father's signature was? All guesses elude me at the moment. The scale. You see, he could cut the meat and weigh it out so accurately that he never cost his people a penny extra. He was the most fair and honest butcher around, and that is why people respected him. Others would even resort to lousy tricks to cop an extra few cents. Never my father. It was the one thing he wanted to pass on to me. How to weigh things out so business is done fair. Although I do so fancy a colorful monologue about meat, get to why you called. I've been seeing things lately, boss. Bad things. But tonight, it was more than that. Seeing things. This, I don't like to hear. This, I don't like to say. You using? No, never. No. I thought maybe it was the fact that I wasn't sleeping, you know, or maybe it was just this damn witchy time of year working some macabre mind trickery or something. I don't know. Seeing things? Seeing what? You go to church? And now we're at church? Seeing what, Nikki? I go. And since Sunday school, I'd hear it over and over. God is a forgiving God. And so I go every Sunday, and I ask for that forgiveness. And I sit long after people are making their way home for Sunday supper, and I think, long and hard, I think, and I repent. And then on Monday, business calls, and I do what it is that I do. For you. And what you do is just meet Nikki. Like your father. It's not, Joe. I do bad things. We do bad things. You accepted your calling. A calling? A call to be bigger than a butcher. Bigger than some dime a dozen punchy has-been with no livelihood to speak of and permanent cauliflower ear. A calling to set yourself up for advancement. It was a smart play, kid, for the future. The future is a million miles from the present right now, boss. 
Time and time again I have forsaken that plentiful forgiveness for my sins. Never offered a true penance because Monday would always come and I'd abide by what you call my calling. And for that they came. Who came? Randazzo, oh. Lopolo, Conti, Whitey, they were everywhere, Joe. I saw them. This talk isn't healthy talk, Nikki. They're gone. I'm telling you, they are very gone. What you are saying should not be said. Those that you mention should not be mentioned. Wherever I was, they were there. Trains, cabs, coffee counters, and they'd smile. They would smile these knowing, vindictive smiles. Bats. No, bats I am not, boss. I tried to blame it on sleep before tonight. I tried to do that. It was an explanation I could accept, you know? And I did. I accepted. Figuring, well, seeing things can also... It could be seeing things, right? Fleeting. But tonight, it was different. What, what was tonight, Nick? It was a persistence of the past to command a reckoning. It was dinner. Oh, so much of this batso banter I do not follow. They came to me, to my house, Joe. All of them. I sit down looking to relax after seizing a couple of digits from your pal Greenberg, which did not liberate easy. He's got some thick hands, that guy. And the doorbell rings. Randazzo. And then it rings again. Conti. And then it rings again, Whitey, and again, Lupula. Those who should not be mentioned. I know, I know, I know. But they all came. Bearing the bullet holes that dimmed the lights. Scars from the knives that slit their throats. Marks from the wire that took their last breaths. And you graciously received them into your domicile. I figured it's best to err on the side of discretion. This is New York City. Neighbors talk. Hmm. They sure do. So, they came in. And they said they were hungry. Uh, so I says, hungry? And they says, hungry. So I says, I got nothing to cook. And they says, it's okay. We brought. Extending you the courtesy of saving you a shop? Mighty wide of them. I appreciate it. Truth be told, I, I was kind of hungry, too. What'd they bring? Steaks and chops. Ain't that something now? This is turning into quite the parable, Nicky, huh? Well, I don't know if I'd call it that. So? So, I cut up the nice-seated semolina I had from Leone's bakery. I fried up some onions, some peppers, seasoned and broiled the steak and chops like my pop taught me how... And we sat down to dinner. You were able to eat despite the sight of the blue and bloodied walking dead before you? I just sort of two fingers from Greenberg. It, it ain't like I don't have a strong constitution. So you ate? We ate. It's not like I had much of a choice, you know? You got a hungry damn group of whatever they are. They said they want to be fed. You feed them. So how was it then? The dinner of yours. It's pretty good, actually. I might have been a touch heavy-handed with the salt, but they brought these two really nice bottles of Chianti. Let, it really let helped me stop cut. you there. 
I, I've gone from angry to entertained, but you have to understand that I believe none of what you are telling me here, Nick. I'd assume so. Then that puts us at a troubling impasse. I'd assume so. So I question, do I let you proceed to delude yourself and waste my time telling this albeit earnest but rather cockeyed narrative, or do we move on and agree to preserve any shred of this arrangement between us because this talk is dangerous talk. And talk entertained by me in the spirit of indulging you and this bat's business that you purport is a reflection on me. And I couldn't have it reflect on me, not the talk nor the person talking. Do we understand each other, Nick? I told you about my pop. Why don't you tell me about yours? What was he like? Why? Because they said I should ask. They said? That's a rather unsafe question, Nick. I know, but I'm still asking it. You being strong or stupid? I'm far too shaken to be strong at the moment. And stupid is an insult that I will not give the power to let land. Tell me about your father. You're willing to go this far to sell a half-cocked ghost story that you know full well, full well, that I will never buy my family, Nick? What are you trying to prove? Not a thing. They said that if you didn't believe in those that haunt me, I should ask you about those that haunt you. And being more direct, they said your father. They say anything more than that? About my father? It was vague. Indulge me. They said that his unparalleled skill to build was only diminished by his inclination to tear down. That's it? That's all I got. Well, we're here, Nick. You asked, so I'll proceed with the what now, and then I'll deal with the what next. What you say, it's not inaccurate. I don't care why you are saying it anymore. I'm past that, just that it's been said. And again, not inaccurate. The evil in a man is that pride in his eyes as he remembers his first kill. But the greater evil is the malice in a man's eyes as he reminds a child of his first kill. Children are children. They are born murderers. They're made to be. I'm not sure I understand. <sighs> Makes two of us. There wasn't a way I wanted to grow up without a mother. 
but I didn't ask to be born. All you can say? Well, I'll add a brief afterward on this holy day of remembrance. I mourn her, and I spit on him, and I move on to do what I do. Get fat on the meek. You can lay down your ghost, Joe. You can repent. What you just got is as far as I go. I don't want to feel this sort of sick no more. I don't feel anything. I could be angry, I could be scared, I could be disgusted with everything around me, but it's easier to just be me. It's what I'm good at. They said, they said that they were offering me a sense of peace I could in turn offer to you. They said that they knew that if they could have, they would have, and it was just you that did it. All things being equal, you know? Hmm. Hmm. Mighty white of them. But I'll take a pass on their peace. You know, he was the finest damn cooking I ever did tonight. Damn proud of that meal. We had our demitas. We said goodnight, and I knew. What? I just knew it was all. You sound calm now, Nick. I told you. It helps me to talk. So you go be Sunday penance. And I'll be Monday business. I'll do that. But about Monday, I'm calling in sick. I make no promises, Nick. You know that? Of course I do. And that's it? Maybe. Just maybe? Just maybe. That's it. Maybe tonight I sleep like a drunk baby. Sure. Maybe tonight. Be right there. The stubborn stain of sin, the runoff of rundown dreams, scars that burn with the devil's business, out damn spot, and all of that. There are things that we do that we choose to compartmentalize, dark secrets that make for heavy souls, but we are willing to exist with our past transgressions in deafening silence. Yet somewhere within the unspeakable exists the unknown. No words to define what it is, no measurement to quantify it, just a massless presence of terrible waiting to offer up the worst. And it's a patient predator lurking, a sovereign of the sinister that transmogrifies over time into an abscess of fibs and theft, curses, want, and regret. 
and when our monsters become malignant, what is there to excise the infection? What is our price to pay in penance? Cut and measure. It's second nature as it pertains to butcher and brisket. But from the shop on the corner to life on the street, the translation becomes far more complex. How does one measure the immeasurable? What scale is there to weigh our deeds in effort to calculate cost so business is done fair and blessed sleep can come once again? The weight of our action waits, and in its time, it descends upon us in whatever shape we, pardon me, it chooses. So, mind your minds, ladies and listeners, for you never know who or what may show up at your door with an insatiable appetite for red meat. This is your operator, disconnecting. <laughs> Good night. Thank you for listening. This has been a Toll Switch Studios original podcast production. Steak and Chops stars Whitney Hudson as The Operator, Tom Martin as Valentine, and Sean Walsh as Nikki Lettery. This episode was written, directed, and produced by Thomas Justino, executive produced by Mike Harry, and edited and co-produced by Tony Nigro, mixed by Michael Keir, original music composed, arranged, and produced by Jason Sebastian Russo, with Toll Switch original theme music by Anant Sindara. If you're enjoying listening to the Toll Switch podcast, please follow us, drop us a review, and spread the word so we can connect with others as we have connected to you. This is Toll Switch Studios, signing off.